Hey guys, it's Steph Berlin and welcome to Quite Quirky because the world needs more outrageous and quirky women. Um, welcome back. I hope everyone's had a fantastic week. The weather's pretty uh, pretty nice here in Chicago. Um, so I have a very special guest here. I'm just going to jump right into it. She is my cousin and my ride or die. Her name is Natalie Ida Grubman Lorenz. She literally just changed her last name to Lorenz. And she's my cuz. Say hey, cuz. Hi. Hi. You have some food in your teeth. Oh, thank you. No worries. Um, so, cuz and I have been best friends since we were six months old, right? Mm-hmm. We were in a playgroup together um, in the city. Yeah. And cuz had... So, I call her cuz because I'm going to try to explain this is... is, is um simple as possible, if that makes sense. My dad's brother, Robert, married Natalie's aunt, Carolyn. Carolyn is her mom's sister. Yes. So by marriage, we're cousins. Yes, we share an aunt and an uncle. And we share- And cousins. And cousins, yeah. So we're cousins by marriage. Yeah. So we refer to each other as cuz. And, you know, cuz has seen my insides and out. Quite literally. Quite literally. Yeah, she um, was nervous about me laying in her bed this morning. I was babysitting her son, who is the love of my life. His name's Tucker. Yes. So, because we used to watch some crazy movies when we were younger. We did. We had quite the repertoire of, of fine cinematic films that we would watch. So, one of the films we watched as a kid was The Leprechaun, and... That was, I think, that was Jennifer Aniston's film debut, but it was about this leprechaun who was just after his pot of gold, and he just would destroy, and I quite literally mean destroy, any bitch that got in his way. Yeah, he was pretty aggressive. <laughs> he was so aggressive, and, um, you know, even though this guy was a villain, he was so determined to get what he wanted. Like, what, what would you rate that? What yoga pose would you rate that? Well, you know, I think as we were previously discussing, um, he was like a warrior. Yeah, he was a warrior. So, like, I think, like, warrior one pose. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he took no mercy. He took no mercy, and, you know, he took no, no, he left no life behind. Yeah, nobody was safe. No. Um, so, I'm kind of jumping around, you know, cousin, I love discussing films, um, but we, you know, as I said before, she is my ride or die. And I think something so special about our friendship is how strong it continues to be and considering like what different places you and I are in, in our life. Yeah, and like what different people we are. Yeah, I mean, um, we're really different. I mean, like polar opposites. Yeah, like it's crazy. But yeah, but we, it's like a family type thing where we still have this very strong relationship. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys, if I did anything really bad and I'm talking like really bad, like I think cuz might be my first phone call. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. So I want to just, um, talk openly, you know, about, well, obviously we talk openly about everything, but you know, I know you've had a history of dealing with anxiety and I think I wanna hear a little bit more about that. Sure, I feel like I'm staring deep into your eyes right now. I think I have to look away. 
Um, so I'm looking I, at you. You look radiant. Thank you. Those red nails. Woo. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to have to, Gimp just walked in. We'll have to edit her out later. Yeah, in post. I'm going to learn. So my anxiety, I mean, looking back on it, I've had anxiety since my, my entire life um, as a child, which is very common. It manifested as more of a separation anxiety. Um, so like when I went away to overnight camp or if I had a sleepover, um, I would get very anxious. Um, not, not to interject, but um, one, I remember one summer when we went to Camp Thunderbird. Yeah. And it was when we were doing the PNW trip. You were so anxious. You were hugging the toilet from anxiety all night and I was like she better be fucking coming with me I'm not going alone yeah but I remember how horrible it was for you yeah horrible uh, I, my anxiety has always been very physical um so like very panicky I've had panic attacks um but it was something that I always like dealt with in the sense that like it would be really bad and then the second it was better I'd be like okay I'm fine I, it's I don't need anything I don't need help I'm okay and then when I was in high school I was away on vacation with my family and it got really bad to the point where like I was having regular panic attacks like daily. I wasn't able to eat. I wasn't sleeping. I was hysterical and there was no like precipitant. There was no trigger. It was just this horrific anxiety. And when we got back to Chicago, my parents said, okay, like enough is enough. You need to see a therapist. You need to, you know, have this assessed. So I met with someone who I didn't really like. Um, but it was more for them to like refer me to someone. And then I started seeing a therapist. Her name's Dr. Chase. And she's actually a, a child and adolescent psychiatrist, but she's like that rare breed of psychiatrist that still does talk therapy. Dr. Chase, guys, through Natalie, recommended Compass. Yeah, she's amazing. She's great. So I started seeing Dr. Chase, and I remember just feeling like so validated by like, what I was going through, but she just was so validating to me and realizing that like, I wasn't the only person that had ever felt this way. Um, you know, like my official diagnosis was generalized anxiety disorder, which is basically just where you worry for no reason mm -hmm. about nothing, but it's not nothing to you. Um, and I didn't start taking medication. She, I had this like intense fear of becoming addicted to medication. I didn't want to take it. Um, but in the event of having a panic attack, she convinced me and my parents to um, have a prescription for Clonopin, like, as needed, which I remember my mom kept in her closet, so, like, I didn't have access to it because I was so anxious about just being prescribed medication. I was also so anxious about even seeing a therapist. I remember yeah. the first time going to the appointment, going with my dad, he took me, and, like, being worried that someone was going to, like, recognize us yeah. in his car. Cause, I mean, I was, like, a 16-year-old kid. That was very scary yeah. to me. I, when I went to see a therapist when I was younger, it was, like... Yeah, it was, like, someone's... It was in Highland Park. It was the town next to us. Mine was in Evanston, which yeah. is, like, if for those of you at Northwestern's in Evanston, I remember it was kind of like I was, like, walking into, like, somewhere bad and scary. Yeah. And so I started seeing her two days a week for a long time, and then one day a week, and then as things got much better, just as needed. Um, but she, you know, she's a cognitive behavioral therapist, I would say is mainly her school of thought. Um, and so she just taught me like so many skills that I mm -hmm. so badly needed to manage my anxiety. Um, and then from like that point forward, I was really like, I sought help as needed from yeah. her. 
What skills did she did she teach you? Um, well, I think like the biggest thing is is like I catastrophize things in my head. Right. So playing like the what if game. Well, what if that happens? Yeah. I was so afraid that I was going crazy that I was just losing control. So just like the educational piece of like reassuring me that yeah. like, that is a symptom of the anxiety of the disorder. Yeah. You know, that I wasn't like losing touch or anything or losing control. Um, and then just like a lot of like, you know, the cognitive work. So like the thought restructuring yeah, thought. or thought blocking, like stopping myself from having bad thoughts or distraction. Thought challenging is so powerful. Yeah. It's so powerful. It is. It's really helped me through a lot of my struggles. So jumping ahead. So by day, currently today, you are a full-time mother. Yes. And you are part-time a social worker, crisis yes. social worker in the emergency room. Yes. So I work um, in the emergency room. I see anyone with a psychiatric emergency. Um, and then I do an assessment and determine, you know, like what level of care they need. And when you are, so you go to, into work on Tuesdays, right? Yes. Okay. So when you go into work, let's say you have one hell of a day in the ER, Huh. You have your son here who I know we, he has a great babysitter, but let's just say you have one hell of a day and you're stressed, you feel symptoms of anxiety mm-hmm. besides, you know, skills you've learned in therapy. What do you do to kind of like chill out, relax and escape at the end of the day? Nothing to do with meds oh, yeah. all on your own. Um, I love TV and oh, movies. Yeah. Um, so Nat's a Kardashian expert, everyone. <laughs> I watch a lot of TV and a lot of bad TV too, which my dad used to always say, like, how can you watch this? You're like an educated woman, like yeah. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, it's such an escape. It's just like such something like to just not focus on. When I had that horrible anxiety on that family vacation, all I watched was the Food Network. Yeah. I compulsively watched the Food Network. It made me feel so much better. To this day, if I need to feel like calm, I'll like flip to the Food Network or I'll look up a recipe. Okay, yeah. Well, you're a great cook. You're always cooking in the kitchen. Actually, before we started recording, she made, what kind of tacos were those? Butternut squash, black bean. Oh, they were fu- They were fucking good. Yeah, I mean, I really- woofed like five of them down. Yeah, yeah I love good. to cook. Um, I love to spend time with my dog, Gatsby. Um, So, I mean, when I get home from work, it's late, so like Tucker's asleep. So these are like the things that I typically do. I eat, watch some TV. Well, and you also, I mean, you're the one that got me into yoga. Yeah, I love to do yoga. I haven't been doing as much of it lately, but yoga definitely is amazing for anxiety and unwinding. Well, and I think it is, it totally is. And I do want to get into, so as we've mentioned, Natalie has a baby. He's, how old is he? One year and... He's 14 months. Guys, this kid is going to change the world. I mean, there is something very special about him. He is the sweetest soul. He's, but he's sweet and he, he's very, he already has a strong sense of self. You know, he's going to do what he wants to do if... X, Y, and Z did this, Tucker would be like, well, this is what's best for me. Yes, he's very strong-willed. Very. For better or worse. He's a very um, important person in my life. And before Tucker, I was like kind of anti-babies. Like I'd meet new babies. I wouldn't want to hold them. I mean, I'm like still kind of (laughs) anti-babies. Yeah. Well, God, some of them. Yeah. But, but I do, but because of Tucker, I think I'm a little more open to children now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you had Tucker, 
you, so this is how a one facet, how Natalie and I are so different. Like Natalie is, you're so responsible and so prepared. You're a preparer. Yeah. You know, you just, in a good way, I am more of like fly by the seat of my pants. I'm not going to prepare. I'm just going to like do whatever I do in the moment. Yeah. My anxiety can't handle that. Yeah. So, so before Tucker was born, I mean, you were very prepared. I remember Natalie was taking the car seat to the fire station to make sure it was strapped in right. And I'm like, I didn't even fucking know people did that, you know? So because I think this is important because I think people that are pregnant or newly new moms don't like to talk about any of these things, but I do think it's an important conversation. And my, one of my best friends, Jess just had a baby and she was like, you know, I was going through Natalie's Instagram about when she first had a baby if you're okay with talking about that process and how it was scary and how you, you know, broke down and then picked the pieces back up. So when I first found out I was pregnant, the first 24 hours, I was just like elated over the moon. I couldn't have been happier. And then the reality kind of started to sink in and I freaked out for like two weeks, um, which is hard because those first weeks you're pregnant, you're not telling anyone. So I remember like my mom had to come over most days And I would just cry and say, oh my God, how am I going to do this? What if I'm a bad mom? What if I can't do it? What if it's a mistake? So this was like after you peed on the stick and you realized you were pregnant. Okay. And that lasted for about two weeks. And then I kind of like, I talked to Dr. Chase, talked to everyone about it. We like worked through it. I got over it. It takes me time to digest stuff. I got over it. And then I was back to being so excited. And I had a great pregnancy, um, which actually women with generalized anxiety disorder typically do well during pregnancy because the hormones can be protective. Yeah. Um, And I think part of what I freaked out about in getting pregnant was like knowing if I had a panic attack, having a clonopin as like my safety card in my back pocket has gotten me through so many anxious moments and not even having to take it, but knowing that I could. And then being pregnant and feeling and knowing that I couldn't take that threw me off. Well, what if I, you know, what if something happens and I have a panic attack? But I got over that. I had a really good pregnancy. I felt great. Um, My anxiety was very minimal. Very minimal. Like I was like really stable. And then I had Tucker and I had a long labor, so I didn't sleep that night. Had him at like five in the morning. Well, and if it's okay for me to say, and if not, we'll edit it out you opted out of getting an epidural for like six or seven hours of your pregnancy or of your labor, right? Longer than that. Like longer than that. Like 20 hours. Yeah. So yeah, I got an epidural towards the end. Talk about a warrior. (laughs) Shit all over that leprechaun. Don't call me. Don't compare me to the leprechaun. (laughs) Um, But so then I had him at like five in the morning. So I hadn't slept the previous night. I hadn't slept the night before that because that was when the labor actually started. That was Tuesday night. Um, and then I didn't really sleep for about like four days straight. Um, and it started as just feeling like very emotional. Like I remember my mom gave us a Hanukkah present because Tucker was born on the 22nd of December. And so we were home from the hospital and I would just get so emotional. She gave us a Hanukkah present and what was the gift? Well, she, she gave us some money. Oh, nice. Maybe we'll edit that out. Um, but, or, or I'll keep it in until she gives me a, a nice Hanukkah <laughs> gift. But anyways, and I, it was very generous and it was just very sweet. Yeah. And I got so emotional just crying. Yeah. Like, oh my God, I have the best mom in the world. Like how lucky am I? And yeah. I just was like sobbing. And I even remember like thinking about how amazing Garrett was being. And I would just start crying thinking, oh my God, what do people do that don't have like 
help. And basically just anytime I tried to sleep or relax, I couldn't, I was just like very wired. I was so emotional. And so that all started to just come out as yeah. like panic. And I started to feel really panicked and I know myself very well, you know, from 30 years of living with myself with anxiety. And I think on like day three of Tucker being born, I called Dr. Chase and I've never taken like an everyday medication before. And I said, I know myself, I'm starting to feel very anxious. Uh I want to start taking medication. Yeah. One of my biggest fears my entire life was having postpartum depression, which is interesting because then I had postpartum anxiety. Yeah. Um, So it was definitely postpartum anxiety? Yes. Okay. Yeah. And even that soon after he's born, you would still. I mean, people like have their opinions about that. I know that for a month after he was born, I had extreme anxiety. Yeah. So basically, I started the medication. I started Zoloft right away. Um, but that, that's a medication that takes four to six weeks to work. Yeah. And so I wasn't sleeping. I was not eating at all. Um, I was actually drinking Ensure. Yeah. To, like, get calories because I was breastfeeding. And, and breastfeeding was something that was super important to me. Right. And so... That was something that I started to have a lot of anxiety about was that if I, I kept thinking if I could just take a clonopin and sleep, I would feel so much better. Yeah. Um, so we decided to even try like a night of formula so that I could take a clonopin and sleep. Yeah. And I was like, that's going to be it. That's going to fix everything. I'm yeah. going to sleep. Well, lo and behold, I take it and I'm not sleeping. I'm, I called Dr. Chase at like four in the morning. Tucker's up with my mom and Garrett. I mean... It was just awful. So I just started to feel terrible, like the worst mom. Yeah. Um, I mean, I would just cry and think like, mom, like, I mean, this is horrible to say, but I'd say, mom, like you would be better off raising him. Like I'm not like worthy of him. I mean, the guilt was horrible. I could cry just thinking about it right now. It was unlike anything I've ever experienced. Right. Um, And so Dr. Chase and myself and... The pediatricians and my coworkers, we all like were reaching out to different people to see like if I could take something while breastfeeding right. that would give me some relief. And what ended up happening was we um, figured out that I could take Ativan and yeah. still breastfeed. And I mean, everyone will have their own opinion, but I did what was best for myself and my sure baby. Did. Um, and so I was able to take Ativan, which is, you know, like more like a clonopin type thing. It's going to give you more relief yeah. faster. Yeah. And once I was able to start doing that once in the morning and once at night, I like turned a corner because physically I was able to sleep. I wasn't, yeah. you know, and having all of my panic. Yeah. Um, and for anyone who's going through anything, I mean, when I went through my, I had a horrible episode of depression last year and I think such a big trigger is when your body doesn't get enough sleep, it sends you into la la land of the worst possible kind. I mean, I wasn't sleeping. I was caring for a newborn with lots of help and support. I was breastfeeding. I mean, it was just, those were, it was by far the hardest thing I've been through. It was harder than going through my dad dying. Harder in the sense that it was so uncomfortable to me and I felt so bad about myself in that time. It's funny, like, when I feel uber, uber depressed, I'm like, oh, God, I wish I felt anxious over this. And then 
when I feel really, really anxious and I feel, you know, that compression in my chest and feeling so physically uncomfortable. I'm like, yeah. I miss having depression. Yeah. You know? And for me, it's always been anxiety. And I've yeah. said to Dr. Chase before, sometimes I wish I had like depression instead of anxiety or something. Yeah. That wasn't so like physically activating. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was a long month, but it still managed to fly by. Yeah. Um, and I never was not like, I never was like, I don't love him. Like I loved him so much and I was taking great yeah. care of him and I was being affectionate to him and kissing him and telling him I loved him. Like I know I was doing great looking back on it, but I just didn't feel like myself. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I was really freaked out and looking back on it now, I think part of it was that like, I'm such an emotional person that like, I feel so much. So like when I love something, I love it so much, so much that it consumes me. Yeah. And I think I was, it's scary having a baby because it's yeah. like your world. Like if anything were to happen to him, like I can't even, Oh, don't go there. I know. So that was like, I think just really hard for yeah. me as a person to digest. Right. Um, and when did you feel like you were finally turning a corner? Um, I feel like when he was like two weeks old, I started to feel more like my mom wasn't sleeping over and I was, yeah. you know, and I was getting through the day and I was yeah. doing stuff. Yeah. Um, and then by the time he was a month old, I felt like, yeah. so, like a different person. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was definitely scary when you were going through that, but I remember it feeling like it came and it, and it left very quickly. Yeah. And I mean, it felt like it was like forever, like sure. living through it, but it was such a short period of time. Yeah. Um, and it's just been like uphill ever since. And I, um, I stayed on the Zoloft, um, mm -hmm. and I think I probably should have been on it long before all yeah. of this, it, you know, made yeah. such a difference for me. And for anyone who's listening, you know, in my last episode, I said how I went through a series of meds and Zoloft didn't work for me, but as you can see, it works for Natalie. So it's just important in terms of the meds, different meds work for different yeah. people. And we're not medical. I mean, we're not medical. We're not medical providers. No. I mean, I'm a social worker, but that's different. But like, obviously, if anyone's going through anything, you should reach out and ask for help and consult yes. professionals. And, you know, Quite Quirky is a platform where we want people to reach out and we want people to feel brave to talk about their issues in a non-judgmental way. And Natalie and I have gone through our set of issues and we've had amazing friends and family yeah. for support. So quite quirky is a platform of support. And I just want to reiterate that over and over again. Well, and I just feel like I'm very honest and open with what I went through. And whenever I tell people that, that are moms, they all, for the most part, like the exception maybe, but most people, most moms say, oh my God, that time was so scary. Yeah. Or I had those thoughts too, or I felt that way too. Yeah. Um, and no one talks about it. Everyone posts yeah. like the milestone pictures or the happy times when like, in reality, like most of the day, like is really hard and yeah. challenging. And it's not all like posing for like a one month picture and like yeah. a cute onesie. Yeah. And I think we shame moms into thinking that like you need to have it all figured out or no one's ever mm -hmm. felt that way before. Yeah. So I try to be very open about it. Yeah. No, and I appreciate your willingness to be open about it. It's what quite quirky is. Um, I just think it's important for me to say that I tried Natalie's breast milk. Oh my god! From the teat. Not from the teat. <laughs> she wouldn't let me do it from the teat. 
Her no. husband. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> Her husband Garrett was like, do it. No. But uh, yeah, I tasted it. It was like kind of sweet and bitter and yeah. It was... She tasted it, I think, before Garrett or I had tried it. Yeah, I was like, gotta try my cousin's milk. And then I tried to explain to her that, like, it's a bodily fluid. It would be like trying someone's blood. And she was, like, not phased by it. No, I was not phased by it at all. <laughs> What's mine is yours and yours is mine. <laughs> cousins can fuck. What the hell have you been phased by ever? <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you can hear uh, Natalie's mom, Andrea. We call her Gimp. She's, she's the tits. Oh my god. Um, yeah, but anyway, I'm just so happy that we were able to like have this conversation and thanks for having me. Um, like I just fucking love you a lot. I love you too, cuz. Yeah, you're just like you are my ride or die. Yeah. Let's yeah. ride. Let's not die. But yeah, let's ride hard. Tits out. Oh my god. All right, guys. Well, thank you for tuning in to this episode of Quite Quirky. Again, email me Stephanie Hannah Berlin. S T E P H A N I E. H-A-N-A-B-E-R-L-I-N at gmail.com. And we'll see y'all next week. Take it easy.